Father, we want to give you praise and want to give you glory. You want to lift your hands. Come on, give him some praise. You are the God that opens every door. Let's sing it together. You are the God. You are the God that makes the way to walk. You are the God. You are the God that makes the blind eyes see. You are the one. You are the one who gives us victory. One more time. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. Let me see about this Bible. We are a Bible believing church. Yeah. Uh huh. 
Yeah, why the dead I can't see some people's Bible. Mrs. Owner, I can't see your Bible. Sorry. Somebody too is hiding. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. It contains the word of God. It contains the word of God. I am what it says I am. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can do what it says I am. I'm about to receive. I'm about to receive. The rich. The rich. Unfailing. Unfailing. And grafted word of God. grafted word of God. Which is able to save my soul. Which is able to save my soul. And give me a inheritance. And give me my inheritance. In the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God. My life will never be the same. My life will never be the same. Never, never the same. Never, never the same. In Jesus Christ's name. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Before I start preaching, I want to say a big thank you to uh, the team that went to do the banners, fix the banners, and so you did fantastically great, great sacrifice. God bless all of you for the hard work, banners, posters, and then those who, who helped to uh, clean the place up and do electrical work, you know, working this place. And, uh, uh, prayer team to all our singing ministries, our shining stars, uh, shining stars, palace praise, living voices, and uh, the Levites and the soloists. God bless you. And we are grateful to Bishop Saki for coming and being such a blessing. Bishop Saki. So Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Um, we have heard a lot of things the past days. And I want us to be able to consolidate what we have learned by teaching shortly on be rooted and built up in Him. Because whatever that you gain, you must create a sense of permanence with it. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, the Bible says that as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk you in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. Somebody say, rooted and built up in him. And established in the faith. As you have been taught, take note of as you have been taught. Abounding in it with thanksgiving. What a joy to receive Jesus Christ. But that is not the end of the story. There is a need to be rooted. And to be built up in him. A plant grows by first developing roots. So when you have a seed that you plant a seed, there's something in the seed called a radical that goes down to form the, the root system. And, and so it helps to consolidate the, the stand of the seed in the soil before the plumule which from the shoe system comes up. How tall a tree becomes depends on the depth the trees the roots go to. Now as a Christian you must understand your identity. 
If you don't know who you are, you will answer to any name that people call you. If you don't know your, your name, any name that is mentioned, you respond to it. So if you don't know your identity, you will end up being a non-entity. And one of the greatest crises facing the church today is identity crisis. This is something that first happened in the Garden of Eden. When the devil went into the garden and then asked him, if you are the son of God, so if you, if you, that when the devil got into the garden, he tried to sow doubts in their minds. And he said that if you eat of this tree, which God has told you not to eat of it, you will become as gods. Meanwhile, they are already God. Because the child of a goat is a goat. And the child of a dog is a dog. So the child of God has got God in him. I believe in Psalm 82, Psalm 82 verse 6 or so, he said, all you are as gods. Can I have an amen? Amen. Satan went to, yeah, I say, you are as gods, and all of you are children of the who? The most high. So you carry God's nature in you. Tell somebody, I carry God's nature in me. So when you are walking around, don't think you are ordinary. You are not ordinary. Tell somebody, I'm not ordinary. I have eternity dwelling in me. You have Jesus in you. The Bible says, the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in our Lord Jesus and we are complete in him and he is in us. The Bible says, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. When Satan tempted Jesus in the garden, in the wilderness, he tried to create doubt in his mind. And he said in Matthew 4, 3, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. In other words, Satan was saying, if you don't do this, I will not call you a son of God again. But if Jesus was not matured and didn't know the word, he would have fallen into the trap of the enemy. Sometimes you see a young guy who wants to misbehave towards a lady say, if you are really a woman, prove it. I remember when I was pretty young, somebody just said, are you a man? I don't need any, I don't need to prove to anybody that I'm a man. I know I'm a man. Amen. Amen. Don't you know you're a woman or don't you know you're a man? So, so why do you have to respond to somebody's suggestions before to prove to the person that you're a man or you're a woman? Hello? Hi. So Anna. Identity crisis is the reason for the wrong attitude in the church. Someone says that if you're a big man, then why do you have to do it? Why do you have to sweep? Why do you have to clean? Why do you have to know? You know, the big manism is, uh, shouldn't stop you from being able to do anything in the house of God. Can I have an amen? Amen. You go to the sports stadium and you see big men screaming. 
The Bible says that we are trees. Bible Our identity as Christians is that we are trees. In John 15:5, the Bible says that Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. So when you stay, when 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 Christ stays in you and you are connected to Christ, you bear fruit. It means that if you are not bearing fruit, it means that your connection to the vine is weak. It is automatic for every branch to bear fruit so long as it's well connected to the to the to, to the vine. From today, may you bear more fruit. I said, may you bear fruit spiritually, financially, maritally. Every good thing that is in God will be exuded into you. Receive it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Can I have an amen? Amen. To prove the fact that you are a tree, the Bible says in Isaiah 61 verse 3, or your life as a Christian is likened to a tree. The Christian is not likened to a grass, he's not likened to a shrub, he is likened to a tree. Isaiah 61 verse 3, the Bible says that be uh, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, I like it in the King James, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. May you receive beautiful ashes. Amen. Those that are in Zion, God has appointed that they will move from beauty to, they will move, they will receive beauty instead of ashes. Beauty is talking about attractiveness, it's talking about favor. Receive favor. Receive attractiveness. The oil of joy for mourning. May you be a joyful person. Because I would say the joy of the Lord is our strength. When you lack strength, when you lack joy, you lack strength. If somebody is able to take away your joy, he will take away your strength. And you can even die prematurely. So decide to actually put yourself in an environment of joy. And as my friends say in, the, in, in our can, other country, happy yourself. Learn to play music. Be there and play some music and dance it all by to the music all by yourself. Amen. Amen. Sing your own song and rejoice in the Lord. Joy does not depend on happiness. Happiness depends on happiness. Joy depends on the God that you have in you and your reliance on Him, knowing that unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or can imagine. So begin to imagine God's goodness, and as you begin to imagine God's goodness, whatever you imagine becomes a reference point, and God will begin to do it for you. The oil of joy for one, the spirit of, he said, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. A lot of times when we come to church and we are dancing, we are not just being emotional. 
You may not know, but many things sit on our shoulders. There are many thoughts that go on in our minds. And as we begin to praise God, the presence of God begins to attack those evil things that come into your mind. And the things that are trying to sit on your shoulders are lifted off. Because God inhabits the praises of his people. A house that is praiseful is a house that is, is full of the presence of God. A house that is full of quarrels is a place full of demonic activity. So when you learn to become a praising person, you attract the presence of God. And when you attract the presence of God, it's like a light. When you put on the light, no matter the darkness, the darkness is dispelled. So when the presence of God takes over your life, the works of the enemy are destroyed. That's about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth in accidented age. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that who were praised of the devil for God was with him. When Jesus was anointed he went about doing good. From today may you stir up the oil and may the oil that has come upon you make you go around doing good. You will give Counsel and your counsel will be anointed. When you speak, your speaking will be anointed. When you lay hands, your hands will be anointed. When you move into an environment, the environment will be anointed. Wherever you get to, because you carry the anointing scent, you know, Amen. Because you have the life of God in you. Can we finish that Isaiah 61 verse 3? He says that so that the garment of praise takes over the spirit of heaviness. Anybody who feels heavy. Heaviness actually is a spirit. And the way to attack it is learn to begin to praise God. So anytime that we are praising God it is a spiritual warfare. We are attacking some spirits. So it is not only when the preacher comes and says you fast pray go away. So today I'm, I'm showing you an antidote to the activities of evil spirits. Become a praising person. Create a praising atmosphere around you. Learn to be somebody who, who knows how to worship God and bless God. Join in the singing. That's why we spend a lot of money to be able to buy musical instruments. To play unto our God. He says that that they might be called the trees of righteousness. We are the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. Somebody said the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. If God called you a tree, it means you are one. 
Amen. Amen. There are some notable features about trees that must be seen or be reflected in the life of every Christian. The first thing about trees is that trees are planted. So if God likens you to a tree, then you must be planted. So to grow up, power for you to do well in your Christian life and in life in general, there are some laws you have to know. The first law is that you must grow where you are planted. When you go to school, they will put you in a class. You don't move from class to class just anyhow. You stay in a particular class. They even will put you on a particular chair and say, front row, you are sitting on this particular chair. And as you stay in there and you go through the training day, you grow up. In Psalm 92 verse 12 to 14, the Bible says that the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Remember, we said, we said in Azav 61 verse 3 that we are the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. And here, in Psalm 92 verse 4, we say, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. From today, may you flourish like the palm tree. I said, may you flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And he said, those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the cause of our God. The righteous shall flourish. The righteous shall flourish. If you are righteous means the ones who have been washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus, they shall flourish. It means you have become a child of God. Every child has a right to the inheritance of his parents. So if you are a child of God, then you don't have to be poor. We curse every spirit of poverty in your life. We curse the spirit of depression in your life. We curse the spirit of confusion in your life. We move you from poverty to prosperity. From shame unto glory. The children of God must have glory. Listen, it's a shameful thing for you to be a blessed person and your children go tattered. It's, a, it's an indictment on your life. So it's a shame to God we are, if we are his children and we look tattered and haggard. But you stay in that state until you know who God has made you to be and what he has for you and then you lay claim on that. So if the righteous shall flourish then I decree that from today may you flourish. How will you flourish? Ephesians 3.20 says unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or can imagine. It means that you've got to open your mouth wide as Psalm 81 verse 10 says that open your mouth wide and I will feel it. Hallelujah. So from today begin to open your mouth wide in prayer. 
And don't ask for small things, ask for big things. Because we serve the big God. It may not, you may not see it today, but you have it tomorrow. Ask for good cars. Ask for lovely husbands and wives. Ask for, ask for good houses. Ask for good health. Long life. Amen. Good education. Ability to go for holidays outside. As to be able to go to Mauritius and to Dubai. As that God will anoint you to do his work. As that the glory of God should come upon you. And as you are doing these things, you are operating like a tree of righteousness. Can I have an amen? amen. Be sacrificial. Amen. Be giving. Amen. And God is going to water your life. Amen. The Bible said the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Every part of the palm tree is important. Slap somebody and say you are like the palm tree. What is And every part of you is important. The palm tree, the, the palm tree is the only tree that flourishes in almost every soil condition. It flourishes in loamy soil, it flourishes in clay soil. It flourishes in sandy soil. It flourishes in every kind of soil because it has what is known as the adventitious root system. Most plants have got tap root system where their root just goes down, but the palm tree has adventitious root system that their roots go very far, and so it makes it able to draw nutrients from places which other plants cannot get trees, I mean nutrients from. And in the same way too, as a Christian, where others are failing, you'll be passing. Where, where others are not making it, you'll be making it. Amen. Where others cannot marry, you'll marry. Amen. Where others cannot have the money, you are going to have the money. Amen. Where it is impossible for others, Bible says, with, with God on our side, all okay. things are possible. possible because you're a palm tree. Listen. A Christian is not an ordinary person. Hello? I said a Christian is not an ordinary person. The Bible recalls about Samson that Samson was not an ordinary man. And if Samson in the Old Testament was not an ordinary man, and Moses was not an ordinary man, then in the New Testament, you that you may be washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus, then you are not ordinary, you are the child of the Most High God, you are royalty. If Prince Harry and Prince William because of the fact that they were born into the British royal family can receive special treatment, hey, then you are born from the royalty of heaven. Amen. Amen. So, understand, Bible said the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Now, the palm tree, are you here with me? Every part of the palm tree is very important. Most palm trees, when you cut what we call the terminal bud, the top part of the tree, it will still keep growing. But the size, but the palm tree, when you cut its top, it will not grow again. And for us Christians, Christ is our terminal bud. Christ is the head of our life. The moment you cut Christ off your life, your, your Christian life comes to an end. And that's the reason why it's very important to be connected to Christ every time in prayer, in worship, 
in dedication, in holiness, and in living righteously. Amen. Are you following what I'm teaching you? And palm trees always bear fruit. You take the coconut tree, you pluck, and more are coming. You take you take our palm fruits and you you take them off, you pluck them, and lots of them. And if you look, take the palm tree, it bears literally thousands and thousands of fruits. And that is what God is saying that you will be bearing thousands of fruits. Amen. You're not you are not going to bear one fruit. It means that whatever God has ordained for you is not limited. I say it's not limited. It's going to come according to your heart desire. May you receive more. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Then the palm tree, the, when you take the leaves, you can use it for brooms. You can use it for brooms. Do you know brooms? When you're young, you, know, you can use it to build a house. Uh, and uh, you can use a palm tree for many good things. And then uh, the other things that I won't mention. Hallelujah. Amen. But Bible said the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The cedar is a very tall, imposing tree. It means that you are going to be outstanding. May your business be outstanding. May your home be outstanding. May your relationship be outstanding. May your family be outstanding. Whatever you are doing may be outstanding. In the name of Jesus. Now we are coming to the main points. Verse 13. Let's read together. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. It means that God, if, if you are planted, you will flourish. He said, he said the righteous shall flourish. Now he's explaining how the flourishing will take place. The flourishing will take place by you being planted. So it's important to be planted. Tell somebody to be planted. Those who... Those that are planted, where planted were at the disco? No. Planted at soccer bet? No. Oh, some people spend morning to evening. Soccer bet. Planted at the game center. Game center. Why? You will not flourish as a Christian when you are always at the game center. And you are at a soccer bet. Because you can lose a bet. Mm. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But when you are planted in the house of the Lord and you are working the works of God, you will flourish. He didn't say those who visit the house of God once in a while. Trees don't visit. Have you seen trees visiting? That some tree visited your house and left it. Ah, okay. Or the tree your house left and visited. Dickens, Sammy, you have trees. Your, your, your trees in your house, do they visit some other trees and come back? No. Uh, yesterday were the trees there, and today when you woke up, the trees were there. Wow. Can you imagine you woke up and then the trees in your house have moved and you didn't cut them off? That is gracious. You become frightened. Is that not it? In fact, do you know that? It can, it can be very disturbing. Even sometimes you put something of yours somewhere and then you go back and say, where is this thing of mine? You know, and then, I mean, you, you become traumatized. Where is this thing? I'm looking for it. When something that must be at a place is not at a place, you become troubled. So God 
is unhappy when he plants us and we don't become planted. Those who are planted, they are the ones who flourish. God doesn't want us to visit us in his house. He wants us to be regular. If you desire to draw the nutrients from the church in order to grow tall and be, you have to be planted. Amen. Amen. Sometimes some people think that church is not important. They go to church or they come to church when they feel like. No, you can't separate your Christianity from your church. Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of service. But exhorting one another, encouraging one another. So much the more as you see the day approaching. Which day is approaching? The day of the Lord is approaching. So God wants us always to be gathered together. When you have only one broomstick cannot sweep. But when you gather the broomsticks, they can sweep. One stick of firewood cannot cook much. But when you have a bunch of firewood, or charcoal gathered together, it can create good fire. And so, you see, it's not good. It's not good enough just for you to be in your room and say, I am in my room and I'm praying. It's good to pray by yourself. But the aspect of fellowship is also important. Because Bible says one shall put to flight a thousand by two ten thousand. So you may be confronted in a situation in your family whereby your one thousand prayer cannot deal with it. So you need what is known as the law of coupling effects. That when two or more are gathered, the anointing increases. In fact, it's been found out that when many people gather together and worship, a true worship, the place becomes more electrified and charged for miracles. And that's the reason why it's important for everybody to try to get even a, a, a praying partner. It's important. And apart from having a praying partner, you need to be part of the local church's services. That is a time that we charge ourselves together. And, and that's why the Bible says exhorting one another. It means that when you, you are coming to church, encourage one another. In Acts chapter 3 verse 1, the Bible says that Peter and John went into the temple at prayer time together. You must have your worshipping partner. You must have somebody that you invite to church all the time. Somebody that sits by you and somebody who encourages you. As a pastor, I have friends who encourage me. And there are those who I encourage. You cannot live an island Christian life. You will fail. Because Ecclesiastes 4 9 says, Two are better than one. That is why we even marry. 
We don't only marry for children's sake. We don't marry just for sex sake. But we marry primarily for companionship. You need somebody. And that's the reason why when you are marrying, your companion must be your friend. Somebody that you can relate to. You can have the same language. Same way of thinking. The Bible says, how can two dwell together except they agree? Can I have an amen? Amen. Are you here with me? So it's important that we are planted. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish. You must be somebody who must join in the fellowship. Be determined that I will not miss any church service. You see, your absence takes away from the, the, the anointing and takes away from the, the church. When you see more people, are you not happy? Palace praise. If you are supposed to be 20 and then you find out that when you came you were 8 and you were coming to stand there, it means that what? There are some parts that will not come well. There are some people, there's, there's, there's a missing link somewhere. Is that not it? Yes. And it's discouraging. And God wants his house to be filled up. Can I have an amen? Amen. And so when you are coming here, encourage one another. Call somebody. If you don't see somebody who came to church that you know, call the person. And help the person to become rooted and grounded. Can I have an amen? Amen. God has planted you in the church. And if we are looking for you, the first place to think of should be the church. You should never be here and there. And say, so where is the tree? Say, the tree has planted, uh, has, has traveled. Now, if you uproot a tree out of its soil, it dies. No tree can survive outside of its soil. And you are a kind of tree. What is it, that can only survive in the house of God. And that's why you are planted. Listen to me. I hear. Give me a wave. If Satan can keep you out of church, he can extinguish your life. If Satan can get you out of church, then he's going to destroy you. And your best help. Every time you don't feel like coming to church, it is the ploy of the devil to kill you. And to destroy your Christian life. And you see, if you are disconnected from God, the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? But if God is not for you, if God is not on your side, who can be for you? And that's why you don't you don't have to joke with church. So even when you are not well, force and come. The presence of God have the ability to heal. Can I have an amen? Amen. Is somebody here with me? So tell your friend you need a church. 
Amen. Amen. Don't allow anything to keep you away from church. Don't allow your job to keep you away from church. You see, if you allow your job to keep you from church, what you are saying that you are telling God that God, take my job away. Because God, Bible says, God is a jealous God. Is that right? Yeah. If you are a woman here, who wants another woman to take over the, the husband? You will fight any woman. You will fight any man who wants to take over your wife. So if something else wants to take over your love for God, God will deal with that thing. Hello? Don't love your children more than God. You are endangering their lives. I'm a man of God, so I don't want to add any other thing to it. But are you listening to me? Yeah. You are endangering the lives of your children. If you love them more than God. Hello? Hi. There was a certain deacon. He loved his children more than God. When the church was doing extension work in the church, as the church was growing, the pastor said, let us extend the church. He was part of their board. He said, no. We are okay with the church size, okay, the size informed. of the room. Let new people go to another church. And he was not willing to give his money for the extension of the church. Are you listening to me? I'm going to finish very soon. Today I don't intend to preach long. I just want to share something very brief with you. So he said, let them go. Let them go. He fought. He was because he was part of the church board. He fought and fought and fought, and the church couldn't have an expansion program. The money he should have provided for the church. You see, he knew that once the church was going to have an expansion program, people are going to donate, and he also had to donate. But he was interested in using his money to build a place and a nice place for his children to show to his children that God has blessed him. Somehow, he managed to build a house. The day that he was taking his children there, they were driving on a highway and they decided that they were, they were supposed to go and then buy some ice cream or whatever. He stopped at the roadside. As they were crossing, the kids were crossing, from nowhere a huge 18 truck guy came and hit the kids and mashed them. Look, from the man's own mouth, he said, when he started, he was there, kneeling by the side of his children, trying to collect them. Are, are you listening to me? Then a voice told him, you say you, want, you are building a house for the children. You are taking them there. And you are neglecting my house. Now collect the children. You want to build your own house. You want to build for these children. Take them there. Now where are the children? He himself later said, he, it's a testimony he gave. He said later on, now, after disobeying God, he now had to obey. So he still gave the money. He still had to help. But it was too late at the expense of the lives of his children. Are, are you listening to me? 
Don't love your husband too much. More than God. Never choose a man. Never choose a human being. Never choose. Listen to me. If you never got anything today, never choose anybody over God. Never. I love my wife, but she's no more important than God. Are you getting me? I love my children, but they are no more important. Bible says we should be responsible by the grace of God. I, I try to be responsible. But never put them first. Everything you are doing, wait in the light of the word of God. Is God happy with me regarding this? Am I placing my school union above God? Am I placing my hometown, whatever, above God? Am I placing my family something above God? Mm. You know, some people get up and say, blood is thicker than whatever. Blood is thicker. And so they can spoil the church of God. They can say anything to the things of God. They can mess it. And when even their own family members are misbehaving, they will say that it's okay. This is my brother. This one is church and this is my brother. This one is church and this is my brother. Do you know what it took for the pressure, the blood of Jesus, God, to send his only begotten son to come and die for the souls of people and you want to destroy the things of God and for your family to work. This family that will only live on earth and after the earth, the family will cease to exist. When we finish from here, the day you die, you are disconnected from your biological family. You don't belong to Agbozume. You don't, don't, you don't belong to uh, 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 Togo. You don't belong to Nigeria. You don't belong to Fantiland. You don't belong to Mensa family. You don't belong to Tokoli family. You don't, go to, you don't belong to any family. That you either belong to the family of God or the family of the devil. Hey, hey, hey. Amen. Amen. We have been washed. It's one blood. One blood. That's, that's why, as we are here, it's one blood, though. So, me, when, you see, listen to me. There are many times that there are things that sometimes in my biological family I have to be there. And, I, and if this church, I ask permission and I come because this is a higher level family. Yes. I'm telling you. Yeah. Higher level family. This family is a family that we are going to have in heaven. Amen. Eternity. Amen. Are you going to tell me? I thank God for my biological family. Mm. I mean to have got brothers and sisters. Oh. Mm. You may not know. Mm. Uh, or you think when you see me all the time, I don't have brothers and sisters. I've got plenty. My mother had a lot of children. Mm. My father has a lot of children. Mm. I have a lot of cousins. Mm. Hey, me too. Every time there's program upon program. There's program in my hometown all the time. Or my hometowns. I've got, I've got, I come from a good school. I have school association and things. Are you getting me? But we put God first. Yeah. We put God first. Amen. And the love I have for you is not any love less than the love. I mean, I mean the love I have for you is not less than the love I have for my children. Truthfully, I'm telling you. Truthfully. 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 Excuse me to say, when the Lord blessed me and my 50th birthday, I have family members, biological siblings. I've got my cousin here. I have a cousin here whose father fed me, the mother fed me. 
I didn't give her Mercedes Benz. I gave, I gave people that I believe were balo- spiritual children here. I gave them the Mercedes Benz. My cousin is right here. She's not driving. I gave her. I gave somebody here. Why didn't I give her? Amen. Amen. Because I consider you to be my family member. Yes. Yeah. So I expect you to behave like a family member. Amen. Yeah. When Brother Emmanuel's mother died, where's Brother Emmanuel? When the mother died, and you told me about it, I said, The mother is my mother. I have been with this man, has been with me for years. He has some shop somewhere. Any time that I'm driving, I pass there. And then I try, pipi, and then I wave and things like that. When the mother died, I said, How can the mother? He has shown much commitment and things. I said, We will go to, we'll go to the Vata region. Yeah, I don't understand. I carried my wife, I carried other pastors, carried them. I said, Let us go. And then he came and told me, He said, How about the service? I said, We will conduct the service for you. I went there to preach the sermon myself. I preached. We conducted a church service. Yes. Yes. Pastor Seth was the MC with uh, Auntie Maggie interpreter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, lawyer was there. Amen. In case they speak a language that I don't have to take over, then I take. A, yeah, I receive a quick interpretation and things like that. But we went there to go and stand with our brother Amen. who was sorrowing at that time. Amen. 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 So do not joke with the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Yesterday, during my graduation, I don't know. I said, I say, they mentioned my name. There were other people apart from us here who were shouting, and I was wondering what this. Then I said, where, where are these people coming from? Who are they? And then when we went outside and we're taking the pictures, here they came around me. Hello, daddy, daddy, and uh, hugging me all over. I said, hey. Then they said, oh, we belong to Light Out. Come to 22, you came to preach to us. We are happy. Wow. Wow. And one of their church members was part of the uh, graduates. And, uh, and, and, and so they were delegated and they came. So once they saw me, they saw that I am a family member. And then they themselves took and said, we are taking pictures to go and show to our bishop that we came and we met. Oh! I think one of the pictures is there. Uh, What's that? The picture with those ladies from this. They came and they were hugging me and they were so happy. Oh! Isn't it wonderful? It's wonderful. Very wonderful. And my own classmate who had become a very committed, have you seen the, the, you, the time they were hugging me, if, I don't know whether, they hugged me, they were so happy, and then one of them told me, he said, he said, you came to the church, and you prophesied over me, that in three months, my beloved is going to marry me, mm. and it came to pass. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And the other one said that I've got twins, and you prophesied over the twins, mm. and things, yeah, they, they just are coming and they, they are coming and they were so happy and they, they made me feel like this is my church. I mean, look, they made me even feel more like my church. Because sometimes some of my church members, they would see me and they would say, Then I ask you, so haven't you seen daddy? Can you imagine you, you are in your house and your child sees you? Robotics. I said, what kind of children are these? What kind of children are these? Maybe you don't know, but I pray that you feel it. May your children, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, a painful thing. Even your own house, even if you have your siblings, and then your children are, hey, what's up? 
was up. And nobody's minding you. Nobody. It, it's a way. We must be a happy family together. Yeah. We must see one another and give somebody a high five. Come on, hey buddy, hey buddy, how are you doing? 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 And you are there, then you give the person a, you know, a shoulder and you flow. And you must be happy to see your father. And you must be happy to see your mother. You must be happy to see your brothers. Don't give people cold shoulders. Amen. When you see new people in the church, smile to them. Smile to them. Don't give people cold shoulders and say, me now I'm going through my own thing. Everybody's going through their own thing. My father-in-law he say, says that everybody has their cocoa, but beyond your cocoa, still love some people. <laughs> am I preaching here? Yes. Can I have an amen? Amen. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. From today, I want you to see the church members as your real members. It, your family. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Pastor Ben's family is my family. Yeah. Sisters, they are my family. Family. I care. I care. This lady, young lady, she's my family. Yeah. She's been here since she's been small. Going through school, whatever. That's why I tell you now, some of you, when you see us standing with certain people, it's not because anything. Say maybe I think this person has given uh, the pastor. The way he said, he's always standing with some people there who have some cars and so it looks like we that we don't have the cars. You know, they've been around so long they didn't have car and now today they have car. Amen. The time they came, they didn't have car. Mm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, lawyer was saying the other time that he, uh, it's when he came to the church that he was called to the bar. Is that not it? Yeah, when he came to the church here, yeah. yeah, that he became called. And he's here with us. Yeah, he came in his way. So, please, love the church. Amen. Be committed to the church. Your commitment should not be fair weather commitment. Fair weather commitment is when everything is nice. You see, today it's sunny. So it is easy. When it is sunny and the, the ground is dry, it is easy to walk. Unfortunately, in Ghana, we don't have pavements. But this is where we find ourselves. So there shouldn't be any excuses for not serving God. Amen. So walk through. In fact, when God sees that you are walking through that teacher, eh, you are walking through the mud, he will give you something better. Yeah. It's true. I'm telling you, keep serving him. You'll be so surprised how God will touch the heart of people to do things for you. Yeah. You will have a nice husband. Nice wife. Even if you are married to somebody who is somewhere today, the person will change. Every somewhere wife will change. Every somewhere husband will change. Every somewhere children will change. Amen. You know, our brother Nakwami said he was somewhere. But today his father is happy with him. He has become the beloved son. Amen. You become the beloved. I say you become the beloved. So don't be a fair weather Christian. That when everything is fine, then hey. And don't be a situation friendship committed person. Where you are committed only when the situation permits. Your house is close to the church. Or your marital situation fits it. Everything is fine. The moment there are a few challenges, you cannot be around. No matter your challenges, you should be able to come. When you are pregnant, come to the church. When you give birth, don't stay in the house. Nobody in this church should stay in the house for three months. After you have given birth, what is wrong with you? You go everywhere apart from the church. I don't know which devil brought that tradition. 
Eh? That you should stay in the house for three months. If you don't have a, you, 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 you didn't have a cesarean section, you are strong enough. And God has enabled you to be able to give normally, normal, normal birth. And you say you, to, you are sitting in the house. Three months, by the time you start coming to church, now I backslide. Mm. Listen, I watch it all the time. You ask, let those women who have given birth, let them testify. By the time they stay in the house for three months, when they come to the church, they feel like they are visitors. When they come to the church, they don't, they don't feel, me, myself, listen to me. Any time, for any reason, I miss even a church service around. When I'm, it's like, hey, what is this? Yeah. You, you feel some way, you have to push yourself inside the thing. Doesn't it happen to you? Yeah. So, one week you don't come. Wednesday you don't come. Friday you don't come. Sunday you don't come. And you are comfortable. The next Wednesday you didn't come. The next Friday you didn't come. The next Sunday. Boboli Bobo has caught you. Go to chat to me. Go to chat to me. Yo, yo. You are backsliding. You may be speaking tongue, but you are backsliding. Am I preaching somebody here? I don't know why I have I've stayed here. But I believe God wants somebody to hear this. And I'm finishing my message soon. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Don't become... Listen, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. Many years ago, when I, was doing, I started as a young person doing evangelism, there were times I could walk over 40 miles in a day to go and preach. I could stand in a tractor for over, uh, about over a day, 24 hours, standing in tractor to go and preach. So this, wherever you stay, some of you stay at Kotobabi, you stay whatever, Sakumono, whatever I say, it's very sunny. I cannot walk. I cannot, it's when you're serious. And especially those of you who live around here, that you come to church late. I pity you. You should never come to church late. What a shock. Am I preaching? Yes. Your commitment must be marital commitment. Yeah. Do you want your beloved to marry you and say, Elizabeth, right? Elizabeth. Yeah. Look at beautiful Elizabeth. She's a very beautiful girl. Come, 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 come. We shall not hide anything. Come here. Why is that my microphone? Do you, do, 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 do you love do you love Elizabeth? Oh, hold the microphone. Do you, do you love Elizabeth? Yes, Daddy. Do you want to marry Elizabeth? Please, yes. When do you want to marry Elizabeth? Okay. Before that question comes, how long have you been working with her? Look. This is part of the preaching. It's very important. Yes, answer. Quickly, quickly. We don't have time. I'm left with five minutes. I have to finish preaching. Yes. Daddy. Daddy. 
please, we were friends for two years. And, and then, see, so the courting time, how long has it been? It's two years. Two years. So you have worked with her for four years. So after four years, what do you want to know about her again? Okay. Now, when do you want to marry her? Oh. Eh? No, no, you see me. We are talking here. What do you mean? What do you mean? We are, we are, we are in March. We are in March. We are going to enter into April. We have got about nine months more to the end of the year. Tell us. He's sweating. Give him, give him face down. You sweat, I sweat. I sweat, you sweat. It's all sweating. Uh-huh. Yeah. Preach. Preach, preach. You sweat, I sweat. I preach, you preach. <laughs> yes. Daddy, please, God really next year. Early next year. Early next year. So January, February. January, February, March. So within one year, do you agree? It's too far, it's too far. December, by December. November, December. Ah. Go and look for a house, and I'll come and inspect the house in the next three months. Eh? Yeah, by November, December, you must marry her. Eh? You must have, November, December, you must marry her. Eh? Now, Elizabeth. Do you, want, do you want him to marry you for three months? No, no. When he says he's marrying you, he said, Elizabeth, from today, I will marry you, your wedding vows. We are going to be married for two weeks. I will marry for three months. Do you, do, will you like that? Yes, please. Oh! You didn't understand me. What I'm saying is that if he says, you come to the altar, I will marry you. And he says that he will marry you. If he says he wants to marry you for only three months, will you be happy? Huh? No, please. Why? <laughs> huh? I'll come and see you. You will come and see me. Oh, say where they are seeing you. Okay, do you want Elizabeth to marry you for three months? Daddy, please no. One year? Daddy, please no. How long? Forever. Tell her, look into her eyes, hold her hand. And look into her eyes, say, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Look into her eyes. Say, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. I said, I didn't say look up. I said, look at her. Say, say, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Today. Today. The 31st. The 31st. Of March. Of March. I promise that. I promise that. I want to marry you. I want to marry you. For life. For life. And forever. And forever. You always be my love. You always be my love. By the help of the Lord. By the help of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. A 
Elizabeth says she doesn't want to be married for two weeks. She doesn't want to be married for three months. Is that somebody who wants to be married for three months? A man comes and says, I will marry you. But I will marry you for three months. Or six months. You want what? Marriage for life. Till death do us part. Is that not it? And when it comes to serving God, our commitment to God is must be commitment for life. It must be marital commitment. Somebody say marital commitment. Yeah. Listen. When you marry as much as possible, there should not be a thought of divorce. Don't entertain it. The moment divorce is coming, say, away, sir. Away. Away. You don't do it. Don't do it. It will come to you. You better do it. Away. Away. Elizabeth, open your mouth and say it. Away. 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 Do you know that there are families that divorces take place by heart? When the moment you see that your family divorces are there, stand against it and fight it. And say, I rebuke the spirit of divorce. You will not come near my door place. As for this, our marriage, it is for life and it is forever. Amen. And when you become a Christian also, your commitment to God is for, for life. Let me tell you, just as you see the topography and there are mountains and there are valleys, so are there mountains and valleys in your Christian life. There will be times of hunger. There will be times of difficulties. There will be times where you feel depressed and confused. There are times that you are inside the church and you, are not, you, you, you don't feel like you are very happy. Decisions may be taken. Certain things will be done. He said, today, the way the pastor preached, the way he told me, and the way the usher greeted me, and the way they were, maybe it's me that they are preaching about, I'm not happy. You are not going anywhere. You are not going anywhere. It's marital commitment. Change your mind. Let your mind be straight. Let your mind be correct. That I am here for life. This is my church. I said, this is my church. You didn't say amen. Will you be happy when I come and tell you that I'll pass you for the next six months and I'll, I'll, then I've left? Eh? I've been pastoring this church for years. Sunday after Sunday, midweek, and I don't preach the same thing. Every time, by the grace of God, I'm giving you fresh meat. You me praying for you, being at your functions. Some of you have no idea when you're having functions, sometimes I don't eat. Having weddings, I myself help in arranging the chairs. And I'm praying because your family members are coming that the ceremony will be nice and beautiful. Because it's your special occasion. Don't you see when you are doing child dedication and uh, adoring? And I come. And when I come, the prayers are prayed over your children. You think it is just my duty because I love you. There are times I come, sometimes I haven't slept. I am very tired. I am very tired. Sometimes I never know to bring me. I don't know So when it is your turn to come for an event and you give me excuses that you've got headache, you've got hair hot. I don't want to say some things. And because of this and because of that, you are breaking a heart. You are an ungrateful and uncommitted church member, to put it blankly. 
Amen? Amen. Yeah, you, it's not a good thing. It's not a good relationship. Some of you, when we're having, we invited a whole Bishop Saki. That man traveled to Australia, New Zealand, water. He came very tired because of relation. The, the, those guys have over 3,000 churches preaching all over the place. His congregation alone. I invite a great man of God like this. Come. And you are sitting in the house. And some of you choose. I invite us. One of the person told me that I will come on this day. When your pastor said, we are starting this day, he said, I will come on this day. It means that you are choosing when you want to come. So you too, when you have a problem, and I choose when I want to be there. Or we choose when we want to, be, to help you. Do you think it's a good thing? You have not shown commitment. No, you have not shown dedication. And this thing shouldn't happen again. This is a father talking. And, and, and you don't have to be angry. Yeah. One day, somebody, I was talking to somebody who didn't come to church. I said, eh, but Rev, I've been coming to church all the time. So if that day I didn't come, what? I said, foolish. Foolish. What do you mean? Do you, mean, do you know what that service means to me? And when you have a role to play in the church. Listen. If you are pregnant, come. If it's a children, carry your children. Carry, when you bring your children here, if you have got 18 children, people help you to hold their children. Yeah. Look at Pastor Seth. Pastor Seth has been taking care of Nadromo ever since he carried the child. And when he, he's, even when he, he is not sitting down, he's doing technical things and co. He's holding the baby and doing technical things. And sometimes one or two people may help him. But is that not drama is not an excuse? Not drama is not an excuse. When we we had kids, when we start kids, and the kids will go and put them in mosquito infested room, and they'll be like, hey, yeah, 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 and then we are praying, and then we are fanning the mosquitoes off, and we are there. That's how can we grew up our children. So your commitment must be marital commitment. And when you are in the church, also that your pastor corrects you or says something that you are happy about, do not make up your mind. Then you squeeze your face at your pastor. And you refuse to smile. What kind of behavior is that? When your heart enters your stomach, that is when you begin to akma to him. That's why I've translated into fanti. It's not a good behavior. It means that if you cannot be corrected, then what kind of a Christian are you? I, at my age, I am corrected. Are you getting me? I am correct. I have men of God who correct me. I've got men of God and I deliberately submit myself. It is a dangerous thing when nobody can tell your matter to you the, straight to the face the way it should be. I said, someone can learn. I'm telling you. And one person who should never be afraid to talk about matter should be your pastor. Yes. Yes. You should never. And when your matter comes up, we shouldn't talk more than five minutes. How is this? Say, yes, please. I've listened to it. I told you one day, I was traveling, and Bishop Ajin told me, he said, now that you have started this ministry, this, 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 this I don't think, he didn't even say, don't go. He said, I don't think it's a very nice idea or whatever. Straight away, I went to cancel my bookings. I decided not to travel because a spiritual authority and a spiritual person has spoken into my ears. No discussion. I didn't give a reason that I am neither there and they will have books and appointments and they have done whatever. I am not the only preacher. That appointment can wait. When the father has spoken. When the father has spoken. Amen. 
When the father has spoken. Are you here with me? Yeah. So let be, be somebody that we can speak to. Be somebody that we can correct. Or you are doing something and your father, look, my, my pastor, sometimes he say you are preaching. Then last minute when he comes, and he comes, you say, and I studied him. He used to have beer. And I can sense that the, the pulpit is his own. The church is his own. Everything. He is the one who has orchestrated everything. And me, he has asked me to join. I'm sharing in his glory. So if he wants to preach, why should I be angry and say, you told me to preach so you can't preach? Yeah. And then when he's going to preach, I, I, I put up a moody face. No, you cannot put up a moody face. You should even be happy that if your, your, your father is there, what are you going to say? What are you going to say when a senior person is there? It is when he says that you take over, then you take over. But when he wants to take over, leave him to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So by wisdom, I have to. That's how come I live with the person. And he respects me. He tells people, say, this man is a good man. He has understanding. Yeah. I hear Bishop Ajin told his resident pastor, he said, if you want to see a good man of God and a good resident pastor, go and see Reverend Ikuba. He told him himself. Learn how to submit. Submission. Make yourself you are like you are nothing. One day my pastor sent me a message. He said that do this and this and they make sure that cannot be. Don't think. He wrote in capital, don't think, do it, don't think. He repeated the don't think twice. Don't think. Some of you, if I write a note like that with you, you will send it out, you will photo shoot it or whatever, you snap it, and then you will send around and you say, Look at the insult. That that man, they say that man has sent you. They even call me pastor. Said that man has sent me, and you forget whatever has been in your life, every preaching, every instruction. You forget the good I've ever done. Now I become that man. You see, people easily forget. That young man, he he hasn't forgotten. Now not quite hasn't forgotten. He didn't forget in class in uh, 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 Pinama. He had not forgotten. That little girl was that he's almost the verge of death. I don't know what came upon me. The Spirit of God just led me. And I went and knelt down by her bed. And today, this girl is walking around. And she hasn't forgotten. Never forget, never forget good things people have done for you. So that the day you are not happy with them, you must remember the good things. Yes. The day. And a day will come, you may not be happy with me about something. Like, a day will come. I will step. So long as we are in this church, I will step on your toes by all means. If I don't step on your toes, then I'm not a human being. And you too, I'm not a human being. Maybe you're an angel, angel lucky. Be- uh, come, 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 come. Charlie, this man is competing. When I wore the gold shoe, today I'm going to wear diamond. The guy is going to wear diamond and is wearing gold chain. Gold chain. He, he has tried to dethrone me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so, listen. So long as I'm your father, as biological families may say something to their children, I'm going to say something. You may not be happy. I'm going to maybe even rebuke you. And God will tell me to rebuke you. 
And you don't have to get up and say, I saw an adult, you see a dorsal, a cocra will corner her, may call her, overcome a swaha, waha, Roman swaha, may fetch her, Maranata, waha, wewaha, wewaha, Christ, Christ, a bishop, press bishop, press your heart, Meto, you mama, onyami, Namada, no, I see that, then cornerstone is also here. This church, this area alone, we have more than 20 churches. Listen, God has a reason. Listen to me. God has a reason why He brought you in this church. Don't make up your mind that you are living. Amen. We are eternally connected. Be like a tree who is rooted. Amen. There may be times that maybe when we meet, listen to me, sometimes at, under the weight of the ministry, it's not every time that you may be seeing me smiling, smiling. Because sometimes I may be dealing with some things. So I come and then I'm working. Say, so for who me know we First, no, name is Ray. Say, name is Ray. Do not take it that, that way. Is that right? Just, just get close. Maybe after, see my pastor, eh? My pastor never responded well, to greetings before preaching. And unfortunately, some of the people didn't even were not learning. When you live with somebody, you should know the person. That after the service, you'll be standing there and be shaking, shaking. Then they take offense. Meanwhile, this man, you see, everybody's ministry is different. There are some people, when they are going to preach, they can hug everybody, hello, hello, and give you five and things. And the anointing will flow. There are people, they don't want anybody to talk to them. That is why when Benny Hinn, those days, was going to be minister, he will not sleep in the, excuse me, say, in the same room with his wife. Especially when he's going to have crusades. He will sleep somewhere else from his wife. Because he doesn't want any distraction. There are times when I am going to minister. If you ask my family, I don't want any of this when I'm preparing. I don't want anybody in my office. I want to be alone so that I can be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. The thing is not about the words in the Bible that I'm going to preach. But about being able to pick up certain spiritual information and minister to you. You see, this morning, I had prepared. I, I wasn't going to preach. Then when I realized the preacher wasn't coming, I started preparing on something. But just when I got in here, the Spirit of God told me to be sharing what I'm sharing with you. Following the Spirit. Navigating by the Spirit. So when I'm sitting here and you are talking, talking to me, you are destroying the whole service. And so if I don't respond to you, you may think that, oh, Pastor, I am conditioning myself for the call and the service that I'm in. Understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But if later you really want to see me, you want to tell me, I will smile with you. I will smile with you. And we'll flow from there. Can I have an amen? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not out of word. But I am out of time. I want us to be committed to each other. Everybody in this church, make up your mind. Hey, my friend, I didn't tell you to go and sit down. Or the farm. Give them a hand. <laughs>